welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Why don't we let the worship team know what a wonderful job they did today. Got to wipe my eyes for a second there. <laughs> I love it when the worship is just so rich and when we enter into that moment. There's something beautiful about the voices singing. It's like heaven's choir. I, I just get this picture when we have that moment and the Lord is so honored and so pleased when, when we can just come together as the voices and just lift up that wonderful name, Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Does anybody love Jesus? I hope that would be everybody here today. Um, we had, uh, my family and I, we had, a, we had a wonderful afternoon yesterday. We took our children to the beach. By wonderful, it was very, very sandy. I think sand is still falling out of my son's hair this morning. Uh, but it was wonderful. We, we, we went yesterday afternoon, and we just we, we had a great time having some family time in the afternoon. And, um, and it's funny when you see a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the beach. They, 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 like, they want to get in the water, but then they don't want to get into the water. And then they want me to get into the water, of course. And I'm like, guys, that water is starting to get to be too cold right now. I really don't want to do this thing. But we, we, we did it, and so we all, we all left super sandy, and, 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 but it was fun. We had a, we had, we had a great time. Um, and then when we, we got in last night, which this was funny, um, we were on our way back, and I don't know how, but my, my daughter has uh, been watching this, this movie. It's been out for a little bit. Uh, sing too, and so apparently in the movie um, they sing "This Girl Is on Fire," and so now my daughter is singing over and over on repeat. This girl is on fire, so I had to spiritualize it, and I'm saying, "What are you on fire for, babe? Are you on fire for the things of God? What? Huh? What is she?" And at the top of her lungs, we we're on our way home, and she's just singing, "This girl is on." I'm like. Whoever has exposed her to this, I don't know, a mighty rebuke might be coming your way. But I love my children. We are, we're just at this place of life right now that I just, I cherish spending time with my family, with my children. Um, you know, all joking aside, it's wonderful to see them as they're growing and, and you see them because uh, we, we try to spend time in, in prayer and devotion and, and you can never, you know, start too early with your children. And in fact, we were having prayer this morning uh, with our teams before service and, 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 and one of the little girls, it was beautiful. I saw her holding her offering envelope. And uh, she had her offering envelope ready to go for, for children's church. And I'll tell you, it's, you can, it's never too early to teach the children how to sow and how to give. Amen. It's so, I, but I just, I'm loving this time right now. My children are like sponges. They're soaking up the word. And, 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 and we, got, we just got their first quarter report cards. And, and, and I was looking at the report card and it said, uh, you know, no, uh, uh, child, you know, uh, listens. D. Child can memorize Bible verses very, very, you know, effectively. E for excellent. I'm like, wait, you can learn Bible verses, but you can't listen to your teeth. What are we doing here? But I love it because they're absorbing the word of God. And I'm always reminded where the Bible talks about the childlike faith. And how when we come to him, we come with that innocent, pure faith, just absorbing the word of God. I want to talk to you a little bit today from, 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 from the word of God in the sense that we are in a season right now. The Lord has pressed in my heart this word. It really came up in my spirit about four or five weeks ago when I was, I was praying. And the Lord put in my heart that this is the season to ready the bride. 
And over the next several weeks, and I don't know how long it, 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 it will be, but we will minister on this until there's a release from it. But I will tell you this, if there ever was a season right now to ready the bride of Christ, it is right now. It's right now. And I felt so sternly the word of the Lord. And God said, Sean, that we need to prepare the church. We need to prepare the church. The Lord is getting ready to release what I believe the greatest move of God. We're already seeing it happen right now. It's funny. I heard someone say, you know, we are in the best of times and the worst of times. The worst of times for those that are not planted in the house of the Lord, but the best of times for those that are planted in the house of the Lord. For the Bible says in the book of Psalms, for those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And I believe that we are in a season right now that the Lord is accelerating his plans, his purpose, his anointing, in the house of God, which is great news for us because that means according to the word that the Lord has given us for this year, 2023, things must be greater. Things must be greater for your family. Things must be greater for your marriage. Things must be greater for your children. Things must be greater for our community and our neighborhoods. Things must be greater for you emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, relationally. Things must be greater in every area of your life. Somebody say greater. The Lord wants to do greater in your life. But in order for the Lord to do greater, we have to be in a ready position. I said a ready position, amen? I'm going to ask you to turn with me this morning. I want to speak to you uh, out of the book of Ephesians chapter 5. I want to turn our attention there this morning. I want to read in verse 22. I'm going to read a few lines of text this morning, but I'm, I'm probably only going to cover two or three scriptures in our time today. And as I mentioned, I'm going to allow this, this passage to guide us in this season right now, in this last quarter right now. Crazy, it's the last quarter. Wow. Wow. Middle of October, just over the, the halfway point of October. It's about two and a half months left of the year. It's two and a half months left for the Lord to do greater in this quarter than the first three quarters. Is anybody believing for breakthrough? Anybody believing for like next level favor? I'll tell you I, I, where I'm at right now, and, and the Lord's going to have to help me today. While I'm ministering the word and preaching this morning for us to receive the word in this moment, I want to tell you this. I'm preaching past this moment right now. I am preaching to future generations right now. What we do matters right now. But the Lord has put me in this posture that I'm not seeing in the moment, but I'm seeing where he is taking us. And I want to declare this. The future is bright. Our children will serve the Lord. Yesterday we had a, a, a meeting, or really it was a training development for our children's ministry. And they had asked me to take a few moments and share with, with the team. And I told them, you have to understand something, that the children's ministry and the youth ministry of Abundant Life are not side gigs. They're not extracurricular programs. That is the program. That is the purpose. It's because if we do not make room for the Lord to impart into our children, then we might as well stop right now. Now, you matter... We all matter, but we matter from the standpoint that we have to perpetuate this message that God is a good God, that God loves you, and that God wants to bless you, not just for the sake of me being able to walk in it, but for our children and our children's children. That's the inheritance. That's the legacy. 
But in order for our kids to get it, we have to get it. And I want to tell you this morning that God's a good God and God loves you. And God wants to see your life blessed. He wants to see the bride of Christ in a ready position. Anybody ever gotten married in here? Should be hands all over this place. Anybody married in here? You remember on your wedding day? And this really goes for both husbands and wives. Because when your wedding day comes, how much time you spend getting ready for that day. Actually, before even the wedding, the wedding day comes, how much preparation goes into getting ready for that day. I remember when, when, when my wife and I, we were preparing to get, uh, to get married. In fact, from the moment that she said, yes, of course, I said, will you marry me? And she said, yes, of course. I was so nervous, guys. It took me like 45 minutes fiddling in a bag to find the ring and my heart pounding. (laughs) I was so nervous. I'm just being honest with you. Not that I thought she was going to say no, but I was like, I want this thing to be perfect right now. At the time when I proposed to my wife, my family, they were um, uh, renting a a vacation uh, condo in, uh, in Palm Beach. And so my parents, they're on the balcony with the binoculars trying to like peep in. Yes, isn't this true? And I went around the corner because I knew. I felt the pressure. And it was funny, too, because when, when Pastor Aaron said yes, and I put the, the, the ring on her finger, you know, here we are, you know, trying to take pictures of just her, her hand, and there was two, two elderly ladies that were power walking on the beach. So it was wonderful. They're in their jogging suits and fanny pack. I mean, it was like golden girls on point. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved every minute. And they stopped. They said, can we take your photo? And we were like, yes, please. So they took our photo, and it was a wonderful time. But I remember that very night when that engagement ring was on her finger, we immediately began to plan and prepare We begin to plan and prepare because there was something about when we knew that we were coming together, that we needed to ready ourselves, that at the moment of the I do, that season that we knew would be a blessed season and a wonderful season, which we're coming up on 11 years of a marriage this December. Can't believe it. (laughs) 11 years. Where's the time going? Thumbs up. Thank you. What are you going to get me? Oh, yeah. Thank you. She's taking me on a trip. So it's not a surprise. But I remember when, 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 when we got engaged that night for the, for the time leading up to the wedding, we prepared, we prepared, we prepared we prepared. The book of Revelation, there's a scripture there, and I don't want you to turn there, but it says in Revelation 19 verses 6 and 7 that, that the, when the marriage supper of the Lamb comes, the bride, she makes herself ready. Any brides that are, that, that, that are in the room, you make yourself ready. You prepare yourself. Now, the Lord gave us this language about a bride and a bridegroom. And this is not to, to, to make, because I know the men in the room are like, oh, I'm not a bride. Well, you are if you're part of the body of Christ. But I didn't give this language. The Lord gave this language. And it's the idea of simply this, is that when we come into this holy union with Jesus Christ, he becomes the bridegroom and we are the bride. The church is the bride. When we come together as a one, It's this beautiful picture of holiness. It's this beautiful picture of wholeness. And what I wanted to tell you is that the enemy does not want to see wholeness. The enemy does not want to see holiness. The Bible is very clear on what the enemy's aim is. For the Bible says that the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus makes the statement, and he says, But I come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. Have it to the fullest. Have a complete life. But the devil doesn't want you to have a complete life. 
In fact, the devil's aim is simply this, to divide and defile the body of Christ. Satan doesn't care that you said yes to Jesus. Satan doesn't care if Jesus is in your heart. What he wants is for you to not live like Jesus and for you to not walk the way that Jesus has given you the ability and the capacity to walk. He wants the body of Christ to be divided and defiled. He wants the body of Christ to be weak. He wants the body of Christ to be hurting. He wants the body of Christ to to accept that poverty is okay and sickness is okay and brokenness is okay. But I'm here to tell you today is that when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. When we are in Christ, we don't have to live based upon the things of this world, but we can live based upon what the Word of God says and how the Word of God says that we can live. So the Lord wants us to be a victorious church. The Lord wants us to be a ready church, a church that's in position, a church that's in place so that we can be all that God's called us to be. Now, let's look at Ephesians. The Bible says this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For husbands is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. I want to skip down to verse 33. I want to read this last line. As Paul's addressing the church at Ephesus, he, he, he closes this passage out by saying, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let his, or let the wife see, let the wife see that she respects her husband. Father, I ask you over these next several moments, open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our ears, open up our spirits. Lord, let this word go forth in the way that you shared it with me. God, let it be with truth and love and purity, but Lord, let it bring about your power as you are strengthening your church, as you are readying your church. We thank you, Lord. It's because you desire to see your church flourish. You desire to see your church stronger, greater, better. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. This passage opens up by saying, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. It's interesting because in in the first few verses, there are two things that Paul writes in regards to what wives are supposed to do. Now, as I'm talking about this, I am talking about the church, but if conviction comes for husbands and wives, so let it be, because Paul was also addressing husbands and wives. But I want you to see it through the lens of him writing to the church because he makes this statement by saying the main focus, the main revelation of this passage is that we see ourselves as the bride of Christ married to the bridegroom, which is Jesus. He is the head of all things. And so what we read here in the first two lines is that there is two responsibilities of the bride or of the wife. And it's simply this. He says this. He says, you are to submit yourself. Say submit. And he says, and you are to subject yourself. I want to take a moment and I want to talk about what it means to submit and to subject. Because if we don't understand what submitting and subjecting is, then we won't know how to be in a ready position for the Lord to do what he needs to do. Now, submitting 
is not a surrender in the sense that the husband is lording over your life, which by the way, this one is for the husbands in the room. You are to be the leader of your house, not the Lord of your house. There's a difference between leadership and lordship. Now, we know Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords, but he's king of kings and lord of lords not by force, but by faith. He's not here forcing you. You have a choice. Now, there will come a time, as this Bible says, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But in this season right now, he wants you to know him as the leader, as the head, as the person that wants to lead you into the direction of your life where you can walk in the fullness and the abundance that he has for you. And so the Bible says that we are to submit ourselves. The word submit, by the way, is not a bowing at the knees that I'm surrendering to, to do what I'm demanded to do, but the word submit, it actually means to be responsible or to take responsibility. So if we read this passage, it would say, wives, you need to take responsibility of your husbands. Oh, that's a whole different perspective. Wives, you have a responsibility to your husbands. We as the church, we have a responsibility to Christ Jesus. See, when I made a decision to receive Christ, it wasn't that my problems were gonna go away and that I was gonna just be able to, to have this, this easygoing life. The Lord never promised that salvation would be easy, but he did promise that it would be fruitful. He didn't say when you get saved that all your problems go away. No, he said when you get saved, now it's time to go to work. This is why he promised the Holy Spirit as a comforter so that when times do become challenging and times do become hard, you have the spirit of comfort that's upon your life that will help you to continue to move it forward. But we as the bride of Christ have a responsibility to the head. And Jesus has pointed us in a direction. He has pointed the church in a direction in the bride of Christ, in the body of Christ, the church has a responsibility to that direction and to that head. Now, has anyone here ever been hurt before, gotten an injury? Maybe your hand, maybe your foot. A little over a year ago, we were in our garage and we converted our garage into um, uh, uh, basically where we work out. We've got our weights and, and, and we've got all of the things that we do to exercise. And so one day uh, we were in there and my, my wife, she was... Uh, she was lifting some weight, and when she had finished up, I began to, to, to pull the weights off her barbell. I wasn't wearing shoes, and I wasn't paying attention. Two things, whenever you go to the gym, wear shoes, pay attention. There you go. <laughs> it reduces the risk. So I wasn't paying attention, and I pulled the weight off, not realizing there was more than one plate that was on the bar. And so I pulled one weight plate off and the other plate came with it and fell right on my foot. It was an ugly sight. <laughs> oh man, it hurt. I'm not one of those ones too when I get hurt that I outwardly scream. I do that silent like... <laughs> Anybody do that? Or am I just the only weirdo in the bunch? I never get words out of my mouth. I do this like, you know... I feel like, um, what's his name in Home Alone? Marv. <laughs> Whenever he gets hurt, it's always this silent, painful expression, then follows all the words after that. Oh, it was, it was brutal. And I'll save you all the graphicness of it, but I had to go to urgent care to have it checked out. I, was, I thought I had broken my foot, my toe. Oh, thank God neither of which took place, but it, but it, was, it was a very painful recovery for that time. But now here's the, here's the point that I want to point out. I hurt my foot. My head could see the injury. My head was telling me that it was injured. My head was processing all the pain that was going on in my foot. But did my head fix my foot? No. I had to use my hands to move me into position. I had to use the rest of my body. My body had to take responsibility of the part that was injured, not my head. 
My head pointed me in the direction that I should go. I needed to go to urgent care, but it was my body that took responsibility of itself so that I could get the attention that was needed. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that Paul says, wives, you need to take responsibility. Your head will point you in the direction, but you have to take responsibility for the body so that it can be continually in a ready position in a ready state. This is the same thing at home with our families. Wives, it's not that husbands are to lord themselves over your life. They are to lead, but you have to come alongside of the leader and help hold them accountable. Help keep them responsible. Help keep them on point. Help keep them on track. I, I, I like it as, as um, Minister Wilder shared this with me. Minister Gary Wilder shared this with me, and it was really his wife told it to him, and he told it to me. So uh, Felicia Wilder actually gets the credit for this. She said, the husband is the head, but the wife is the neck. Without the neck, the head can't be supported. It's beautiful. I love that picture. But that's, that's the truth because the reality is this. If we are going to hold up the head of Christ, if we are going to hold up the head of Jesus so the world can know him, then that means the bride has to be in position. We have to be the church that is stabilizing the head. And so we have to take responsibility. Somebody say take responsibility. So when it says wives submit, it's saying wives, you have to take responsibility to your husband. And then he goes on and he says this, is he says that now you are subject. Subject. The word subject means to be in position. There is an arrangement that is taking place. When, when, when armies would go to war, the, 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 the different parties of soldiers that would go out they would be in formations. They were called subjects. They would be in subjection according to the direction of however that commander was leading them. It means to be in formation, to be in alignment. In the body of Christ, we have to be in alignment to the head. Lots of wonderful noises this morning. <laughs> we have to be in alignment and the devil does not want the body of Christ in alignment he wants to inflict some level of 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 of, of pain or brokenness that would cause you to retreat to yourself now speaking of injuries I got another story thank God that we're all healed in our house <laughs> about two months ago my children, they were playing in the house. And um, you know when it gets really silent in the house? That's a problem. <laughs> they were playing. They were loud. I knew exactly where they were. I knew exactly what they were doing. And then I got really silent. And then I heard a door close. <laughs> and then I started to get a, a little alarmed. And then I heard a scream in my house. And I'm thinking at this point, my son is probably just giving my daughter a hard time, which he was. But what had happened was my daughter was trying to hide in a closet and my son was trying to push the door closed. And as he did, his finger got jammed in the closet door. And so when I heard them screaming, they're running down and, and, and I mean, it was like a slasher movie, blood on each side of the wall. Ironically enough, when we, when we bought and renovated our house, my wife and I had one rule in our house. No one touched the walls. Man, has that rule gone way out the door. <laughs> now I'm just looking for walls that aren't untouched in our house. Everything is touched. <laughs> but he had pinched his finger, and to the point where his finger was really disfigured. And so I had to take him to urgent care. Lots of these stories today with urgent care. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. But we got to urgent care. When we got there, the doctor said, we can fix it, but the problem is it probably won't heal correctly because of the level of, uh, 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 of uh, basically, you know, what had happened to the finger. I mean, it, it just, it was so disformed from it being pinched in the door. He said, we don't, it, we, it, we can fix it. We can stop the bleeding, but it'll probably look disformed, disfigured. It won't look right. 
And so they stitched his finger up, and um, we got home, and she said, you know, you just change the bandages regularly. So here he is with a hurt hand. First thing we did was we prayed, and I just said, Lord, his finger's not going to be uh, uh, disformed. It's going to be as healthy and whole as it originally was before this accident had happened. And I declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, what began to take place was over the next several days as we try to change the bandages on his finger, he'd pull back. And we would have to lay his arm out, rewrap the hand until the time came that we needed to put a fresh bandage on. But every time he'd pull it back, he'd pull it back. And in, sometimes in the body of Christ, we get hurt. And the Lord is wanting to bring restoration and healing, but we pull back and we stay out of alignment. We don't want to trust, but the Lord is saying, trust me because I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to ready you. And we go through things in life where there's hurt and there's hang-ups and there's problems and things happen. And so what we do is we want to continue to be a part of the body, but we don't want to be a functioning member with everyone else. And so we just retract and retreat. And the Lord is saying that I want to bring healing. I want to bring hope. I want to bring restoration. Because to have the bride of Christ, to have the body of Christ ready, it means we have to be functioning together together. That's why Paul goes on and he says that the body has many members. Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible, it says this. I'm going to read it for you. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, my wonderful paperclip fell out. Somewhere on the floor over there. Now everyone is testing my patience. Here it is. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore strengthen the hands in which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight the paths for your feet. So what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. This is talking about the church. Hebrews is talking about the church, that we are in a time right now that the hands and the knees need to be strengthened and that the paths for our feet should be made straight so that what is lame will not be dislocated. You can hold on to it. So what, what, what is lame may not be dislocated. The devil wants the body of Christ to be dislocated does not want the body of Christ to be unified. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says, make allowance for each other's faults, but bind yourself together in love. Love is to be devoted to the well-being of one another. We as the body of Christ, in order to ready ourselves, to prepare ourselves, have to be devoted to the well-being of one another. For no bride on her wedding day is only going to prepare one aspect of everything that she needs to get done. She's not going to just put on her makeup and not do her hair. She's not going to not, she's not going to do her hair and not put on her makeup or not put on her she's gonna have everything ready and we as the body as a whole if we are gonna function at full capacity have to ready one another and in order to ready one another we get the answer of what we're supposed to do in Hebrews 12 verse 14 it says pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You want to see the Lord at work in your life? You have to pursue peace and holiness. And I've shared this before, but peace is a great representation of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross is two beams. It's vertical and it's horizontal. A vertical beam represents peace between us in God, and horizontal is a representation of peace between us and those around us. Peace that flows both ways. We have to be pursuers of peace. If we are going to ready the body of Christ, we have to pursue peace. And by the way, prosperity is the fruit of peace. 
And so if you want to see true prosperity in your life, in your soul, in your heart, in your body, I find that most people, they get sick in their body when they're not at peace. When they're not at peace, when they're not at peace with themselves, when they're not at peace with God, when they're not at peace with others. I've seen people, because they're not at peace in, in, in relationally, get so overwhelmed to the point that their body starts to shut down. And they're not functioning the way that the Lord has given them capacity to function. We need peace. we got to be pursuers of peace, but we also have to be pursuers of holiness, and this is why the Bible says that he's coming back for a glorious church. Glorious means a sinless church, not a perfect church, a sinless church, which means when I mess up, I get before the Lord and I say, Lord, I need you to ready me. He goes on and he talks about how do we, how do we continue to ready ourselves? Through the washing of the water of the word. Lord, I need your word to cleanse me, to restore me, to renew me, and to empower me. The Lord is coming back for a glorious church. Hear me when I say this. He's not coming back for a trendy church. He's not coming back for a popular church. He's not coming back for a denomination. He's not coming back for a theology. He's not coming back for religion. He's coming back for the people of God that say, Lord, here I am. Here I am readying myself because I want to live according to this word. It's not the word of God added into my life. It's my life in the word of God. Some of us, we live our life just trying to add the word of God as if it's a little extra seasoning into our day. The word of God is not seasoning to your life. The word of God is not salt to your life. In fact, we're called to be salt. I need this word to ready me in everything that this word says that I can be and I can do and I can live. I need the word of God alive and active in my life. I want myself ready. I want to be ready. No one knows the day or the hour. Say, oh man, pastor, you're really preaching some end time revelation stuff. I'm preaching the Bible. Enough with the games. Enough with the nonsense. Are you kidding me? I want my life to be in alignment with the word, the living word, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible said that our responsibility is to submit and to be subject. But here's the beauty. Jesus says... Jesus says in this passage of Ephesians that he would give of himself. Paul says that, 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 that husbands love your wife just as Christ gave himself. Here's another good helpful tip for the husbands in the room. It's not lordship, it's giving. He said that he gave of himself What's the Bible say? It says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me, not indulge yourself. Yeah. If you're wondering maybe why you might be struggling in your marriage, maybe you've been indulging yourself and not denying yourself. I deny myself, I pick up my cross. Jesus denied himself when he was in the garden, and he said, Lord, if you can, let this cup pass for me, but nevertheless, not my will. He denied himself, but your will and the Lord's will was to see the people of God be restored, redeemed, healed, and set free. He denied himself. He denied himself on the cross when he gave of himself. I was reading about this. This is such a beautiful picture. When Jesus was in the garden, and they came to arrest him, and they said, are you Christ the Lord, and he said, I am he. The Bible notes in the book of John when he said, I am he, that everyone that came to arrest him fell down to the ground. At the power of his word, hundreds of people fell down to the ground. They couldn't even arrest him without his permission. When he was on the cross, 
And he gave up his last breath and he said, it is finished. What did they do afterwards? They went to go break the legs of the soldiers and they perceived that he was dead. So they pierced his side. It wasn't that they finished him off. Jesus made the final declaration by saying, it is finished. They killed him, but they couldn't kill him without his own permission. That's the power of the word. That's the God that we serve. A God who holds all power and authority. He said that he gave of himself. When he died on the cross, the blood that flowed. We heard this recently, and I thought this was such a beautiful picture. The blood that never loses its power. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again this week. For you to deny the blood of Jesus in any area of your life is an assault on, the, on, 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 on what Christ did. That would be to be so negligent with what we believe. That would be so careless. That, that would be so, so, we might as well just not even be a part of what's going on for us to not believe that the power of the blood of Jesus could not, not just cover your sins, but the power of the blood to heal your body and to set you free. Are you, maybe I'm preaching to myself this morning. Blood that was shed from head to toe. The crown of thorns that was woven and placed on his head that caused the blood to flow down his temples was so that your mind could be renewed. The blood of Jesus covers all mental health issues, by the way. So what do I do about my mental health? I declare the blood of Jesus over my mind. When Caiaphas and, and, and the other religious leaders, when they struck him in the mouth and the blood that began to, 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 to flow from his lips was so that your mouth could be redeemed. So that you don't have to speak death, but you can speak life. Your mouth has been renewed to speak the word of God. His hands that were pierced and the blood that flowed from his hands is so that relationally you could be connected and not do life alone. His feet that were pierced and the blood that flowed from his feet is so that you can stand up strong and be know that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The stripes that was on his back is so that you know that you would be healed and redeemed and whole. And what the soldier thought was just going to be a quick finish when he pierced his side, what that soldier did not realize is in that moment, the bride of Christ, the church, would come forth. For out of the rib of Adam came forth the first woman, but out of the side of Christ flowed the church. His blood is for your redemption. His blood is for your healing. His blood is for your victory. His blood is for your prosperity. His blood is so that the body of Christ can stand strong, can stand firm, can be ready and in position. The devil does not like this message. Many people don't like this message. People don't want to hear this message. They don't want to hear about sin in church anymore. Well, what separates us from the world is that very factor right there. We're a glorious church. Our aim should be to live our life rebuking and getting away from sin, from worldliness, from ungodliness, because those that pursue peace and holiness will see God. I don't know what you came to church for today, but I came to see Jesus. I came to encounter Christ today. And we have a responsibility to one another and to God. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, that those that are overtaken with trespasses, that means sin, those who are spiritually sound have a responsibility to restore the ones that are fallen. He goes on in verse 5 and he says to each one we are to bear our own load. That's not just my own personal well-being, but it's everyone that God has called me to influence, to love, to honor, to serve, to give. I have a responsibility to those that are around me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Any basketball players in here? Anybody that wants to be a basketball player in here? Anybody that thinks you're a basketball player in here? Anybody that ever aspired to shoot your shot and you came up short? <laughs> 
Judging by the size of my hands, not too many baskets have been made in my lifetime. I got a two-handed. If you ever been to the free throw line and you went to go shoot your shot and you didn't make it, it fell short. And then you go to shoot again. Maybe you fell short. The Bible says all have sinned. All have sinned. All have sinned. This isn't just talking about the people that's never encountered God. This is also talking about the people that do know God. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, of the glorious church that he's called us to be. But here's the beauty of this scripture is he says this, that he has justified us freely by his grace. In other words, he gave you an opportunity and an empowerment upon your life to get it right. And he says this, he goes on and he talks about the fact that it's by his blood that gives you the power to continue on because he wants you to hit the mark. The Lord has empowered us to hit the mark and we can do that as a ready bride. So what if you're in this service today and you messed up and you blew it and you failed and you sinned and you did what you weren't supposed to do? Thank God for the blood of Jesus that readies you the word of God that washes you so that you can continue to be who he's called you to be. My prayer has been, Lord, keep me in the ready position. I know I'm going to fall short. I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm not going to get it right. I know that there's going to be moments that I'm going to say things that I wish I didn't say, think things that I wish I didn't have thought, do things that I wish I hadn't have done. But Lord, here I am, ready me and give me a heart to pursue peace. And to live a life that's holy. Because i got to see you, Jesus. Hebrews says that if you don't pursue peace and holiness, not only will you not see God, but it says that now you won't be able to walk in the favor of God. You'll fall short of God's grace, his favor. And when I fall short of his favor now, bitterness begins to take root in my heart, which causes trouble, which now defiles me. And then I'm just like Esau, who was willing to trade his birthright for a morsel of food. It's what Hebrews says. Because when we are not pursuing peace and holiness, then we're living our life based upon what the world says. It's worldliness. I don't want worldliness. I want godliness. I want godliness. I want holiness. I want righteousness. I want to live my life, Lord, to be readied by you. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Prepare our hearts, Lord. I love this passage. He says, it's the washing of the word that removes spot, wrinkle, and any such thing. Spot is your sin. Wrinkle is the things that would divide your life. And any such thing is anything that tries to steal your attention away from God. Spot, wrinkle, any such thing. Go back and read that in Ephesians. It's the same thing here in Hebrews. Feeble hands and knees. He goes on and says, make straight the pass for my feet. What is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. I believe the Lord wants to bring a healing touch. And, and, and hear me, I'm not preaching this today too just for Abundant Life Church. I feel that there's a stirring what the Lord's doing right now in the earth. That he's saying enough people playing church, time to start being the church. And as one of the members of the Big C Church, if we can do our part in that to help now others see and live and experience the same, there's a lot of people hurting in the world right now. We see what's been going on in the nations and taking that beautiful time last week, by the way, praying for Israel. I still pray. Last night I was in my, in my time of prayer and I just said, Lord, I continue to pray for the nations. Lord, raise up righteous men and women of God who are bold, who are hungry, and who are willing. I want to be bold. I want to be hungry. I want to be willing. Lord, use me. Use us. I want you to leave from here today seeing yourself strengthened. I want you to leave from here today in the ready position. But I tell you who doesn't, 
It's the devil. Satan doesn't want that. But I serve notice on him today. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I've served notice on him today. We will and we are a church that pursues peace, righteousness, holiness. We are a church that will walk with the favor of the Most High God. We are a church that is blessed and will continue to be blessed so that we can be a blessing in this earth. We are the bride of Christ. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, thank you, Lord. Let's, let's, get, yeah, let's get some worship going. Get some keys going. I feel this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I don't know if I finished the story about my son, so. I love him. Wait till you see with grandchildren. You get the feels all over again, just like my mom does. <laughs> so they said um, his finger's probably not gonna, you know, be the same as it was. And they also said, you're gonna have to come back like a week and a half later and take the stitch. We're gonna have to take the stitches out. So every night we would pray for his hand. And, and by the way, each night, because he trusted that mom and dad was going to take care of his hand, instead of fighting like he was the first day or two, he slowly would lay his hand out. It's amazing when you begin to really trust and know that you're in the good hands of the Father, he'll take care of you. So the days went on, and over the next couple of the days, the stitches fell out on their own. I have to go back to the doctor. Didn't have to have another copay. <laughs> but it's amazing because if you hold up both of his hands and you look at it, it wasn't that just the sutures came out and the skin healed, but the finger looks exactly like the one on the other hand. It wasn't disformed. As healthy and strong as the other. The aim of Jesus has been to heal, to save, to deliver. The head of this body desires for you to be whole, to be free, to be victorious. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.